Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, all seven rounds in heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Georgia and Alabama are back at it because college football is rigged by the SEC. Hey, man. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. Caleb Williams and Dylan Gabriel's portal agent. <laughs> and with me, as always, is AJ Harbaugh to Jacksonville, Marchese. Har- Harbaugh's going to be the coach in the NFL again, Rob. I don't know what I was going with that. I'm a... I'm I'm excited that he's committing to the bit of doing whatever the fuck he wants. The only way Michigan will truly beat Ohio State is if Harbaugh can fix the Jaguars. Amen. That's correct. Today we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who shocked, mocked, and flocked during the second week of bowl season. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas. Gonna set my draft. Gonna set my draft. On fire. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my lady. Driving out to Vegas, baby. Looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Spotify Greenroom is your live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group, and be notified when rooms go live. Come with your spiciest takes. All right. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of today's show, a whole heap of NFL draft prospects have declared for the 2022 NFL draft. Uh, I'm going to read through the offense, and then, AJ, you can pick out who you want to talk about. Then we'll do the defense. All right, sounds good. Because I cannot do all this in one go. Okay. Oklahoma running back Kennedy Brooks, NC State running back Bam Knight, South Carolina running back Kevin Harris, Virginia running back Devin Darrington, Ole Miss running back Jerrion Ely, Fresno State running back Ronnie Rivers, Cincinnati running back Jerome Ford, Central Michigan receiver Khalil Pimpleton, Mississippi State receiver Makai Polk, UCLA tackle Alec Anderson, Texas Tech center Dawson Deaton, Oklahoma tackle Therese Robinson, NC State tackle Icky Kwanu, Tennessee offensive lineman Cade Mays, Michigan State guard Kevin Jarvis, and Arizona State center Donovan West. I think the headliner here is Pimpleton, baby. Yeah, if you're a Maction fan, you know how much Khalil Pimpleton means to me. I was shocked he declared, but I'm a little bit excited about it. He 
He's one of the... I, I honestly thought a year or two of seasoning, and he could be the next great matching receiver mm-hmm, who, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. goes day two and makes an instant impact. Instead, he might be a late day three undrafted guy. Hopefully he gets the combine invite, because if he runs well, that will do wonders for him. Yeah, But... As a punt returner, I think he's got a real chance of making an NFL roster, and I stand him for life. I totally agree. Honestly, I didn't know he declared it until you just said it. I'm like, holy fuck. That's amazing. Well, yeah, you you know me. I'm very plugged in on the the Pimpleton clan. Um, (laughs) To do one more, because a lot of guys on this list we're going to talk about in this episode, I feel like. Uh, But one that didn't get to play, unfortunately, Ikki Kwanu declares. And no surprise there. But exciting stuff. Um, I think you you think he's a top ten, yep. virtual hey, lock, or are you gonna call it a lock? This perfect uh, segue. I'm starting uh, a newsletter where I will write about the NFL draft, NFL rookies, and other things. And in my first newsletter, I'll be dropping a mock draft where I have Icky going top ten. Okay, save it for the plug section. But no, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> awesome. Uh, I mean, I think we both liked him in the summer, obviously, but it has been amazing this year. Uh, would have been fun to get to watch him against UCLA, but fuck it. I'm glad he didn't because there's been too many shit injuries. So, great move from him. Uh, you say top 10 lock. I'm going to go top 15 to be a coward. But regardless, uh, big money from him this year. And just two more guys I want to quickly touch on. Uh, Jerome Ford from Cincinnati because mm-hmm. he's been your guy forever. And uh, Bam Knight from NC State who also didn't get to play in a bowl game. Yep. Uh, those are two day three, potentially early day three running backs who I think have a, have a good chance to make an impact as rookies, Bam Knight, especially with his kick return and pass catching ability. But, uh, Jerome Ford, I think is going to test really well for a, a bigger 215 pound back. I think we've talked about this a bit as those, like the sneaky top 100 guys. I think Ford has a chance to be one of those. I feel like there's always one running back who does sneak into the kind of the back half of the third round who maybe not everyone saw it coming. Yeah, he, he's got the playoff bump. He's got the pedigree. Obviously, Alabama transfers, you heard a million times on the broadcast. Um, and he, he, like you said, he should test well, and he's got the size. All the pieces are there for him to be a, a top 100 guy. I'm not saying guaranteed, but I say if you're, if you're going to pick one of the sneaky risers, I kind of will put my money on him right now. Okay, to get into the, the defensive declarations, there's two schools here I hadn't previously heard of. Just keep that in mind. Uh, Upper Iowa's Eric Hansen, who's a defensive lineman, and Virginia Wise, Virginia-Wise defensive lineman Rondre Knowles-Tenner. So I don't know if you've heard of those schools. Hall, a Hall of Famer is right there, I'm telling you that, guaranteed. Uh, and... Uh, Along with them, Penn State defensive lineman Derek Tangelo, UCL or USC edge Drake Jackson, Michigan edge David Ojabo, Michigan State edge Drew Beasley, Cal edge Cam Good, Boise State linebacker Riley Wimpy, uh, Wisconsin linebacker Leo Chanel, Auburn linebacker Owen Popo, Wisconsin corner Fayon Hicks, Cincy corner Sauce Gardner, Boise State DB Kakalu Kanio, Mississippi State DB Fred Peters, Washington DB Brendan Radley Hines. Baylor safety, JT Woods, Ball State safety, Bryce Cosby, Crosby, Oklahoma safety, Del Aaron Turner-Yell, Oklahoma safe, State safety, Trey Sterling, uh, as well as a punter, kicker, and long snapper, NC State punter, Trenton Gill, Oklahoma kicker, Gabe Burkick, and Boise State long snapper, Daniel Cantrell. I mean, clearly I'm going to talk about David Ojabo out of this bunch. Um, 
Sad to well, see him I mean, go. Yeah, go ahead. Both uh, two, your two guys on defense in general, Ojabo and Sauce, both in this group. Yeah, I know for for real. Sauce, I still think he's underrated, but don't get me started there. Uh, Ojabo, <laughs> sad to see him go, but smart, smart move. I think he's he's put himself in the first round at this point, at least. Yeah, oh gonna, yeah, gonna, fifteen. Yeah, gonna test great. Uh, yeah, I think at, at the worst he's he's going thirty second. You know what I mean? Gonna test great. Um, it's gonna be cool to see two Michigan edge rushers go top fifteen. Gonna be hard to replace, but no, I'll, I'm very, very happy for Ajabo. Why, why fuck around and go back to Michigan? Could you, could you go higher potentially? But what's, what's the, what's the point of that, right? Capitalize on your amazing season. Go out there, kill the combine, and like you said, go top fifteen. Here's a hot take: David Ojabo has a better NFL career than Aiden Hutchinson. I've seen that on Twitter. I've seen a lot of people that think Ojabo is better than Hutchinson. I've seen a lot of Hutchinson haters. All right, Rob, I'm not listening to any of that shit. All right, Hutchinson first overall pick, and, and that's all. That's just like Jake Long can't disappoint. All right. Though, well, one guy here uh, while we're on the edge topic, U- USC's Drake Jackson has been a guy we've both been a little more sour on than. Yeah. Than some of the bigger media outlets, let's say. Where the hell is his uh, stock right now? Sorry to interrupt you. I've, I've no I, idea. I, so I, I was scanning some mock drafts to kind of gauge whether that first round top 25 even yeah. hype was still there. And in general, consensus seems to be from from draft Twitter and even major media outlets is more of second round. Okay. But he also seems like the type of player who he's been relevant for a while He's put up good numbers at USC that Uncle Mel Kuyper's going to kind of prop up as a, a, a top 20 guy throughout the process. You think you think it's going to last throughout the process, or you think it's like a, no. a, a February thing and then he forgets about it? No, because I, I think once you get really get into the tape, like Drake, like, I mean, just watch David Ojabo and then watch Drake Jackson, and one of these is a first-round player and the other clearly is not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe I have a USC bias, but uh, Drake Jackson, not for me. Um, you know you know who my comp is? Who? Lawrence Jackson. It's a, that's a perfect comp. Holy, <laughs> holy moly. Uh, also, so Sa- Sauce Gardner's the other huge one. Yeah. He's, a, he's a guy who I think general consensus is first-round pick, but it's kind of polarizing where people see him going. Um I mean, he was about as dominant as you could be for three years at Cincy. Yeah. But level of competition is going to be held against him, despite him looking great against Alabama. More on that uh, tomorrow at, at a different time. Um, he, to me, is a, a first-round corner, but it's a deep class. So he could get pushed down the board potentially. But I've also seen, like, for example, Jordan Reed of ESPN, uh, who is – Kind of one of those draft nicks that you really you you very much trust the opinion of a Jordan Reed. Yeah, uh, he 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 said Sauce Gardner's the the most impressive player he saw this year. So I I wonder kind of where the NFL sees him. Um, and if, I mean, if he goes to the NFL Combine and measures in at a legit six three and then runs a four four, I have a hard time seeing him getting out of the top twenty. Um, he, but he's going to be an interesting one. No, I totally agree. I mean, because I've been saying he's been underrated all year, and it feels like he got forgotten about at points. I think he's a no doubt first round pick. I thought that all along. Um, but yeah. no, I, I totally agree. I don't. I don't have a good vibe on where he's going to go. I love hearing Jordan Reed say that. I didn't. I didn't read that. I like to hear that. I don't know. I. I. I he should go top twenty. I, I know that, but where he ends up, I'm not sure. I, I think that's a good point. I, when it's all said and done, though, I don't, I don't think he gets out of the first round. There is one more guy here that I will talk about, but 
I'll save it for the the, the content aspect of the show All because right. I really liked what I saw in his bowl game. Uh, but before we get to uh, bowl talk, we I did get one. Yeah. Oh, what? No, I didn't know Riley Wimpy played, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Riley Wimpy's going to carve out a 12-year <laughs> career in the CFL playing for the Montreal Alouettes. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's what's in the <laughs> that, 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 that threw me for a loop. I forgot I'm a Riley Wimpy guy. So am I. Um, <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, we did have one major Senior Bowl acceptance uh, as part of Jim Nagy's annual Senior Bowl announcement show on the NFL Network. I didn't fall for it this um, year. I didn't watch. I did not watch it this year. They, they always try to trick you, and all you have to do is go look at their Twitter or their website to find out who's on the roster. But you know what's a complete lie, though? It's like the final roster reveal, but it's not the final roster. Oh, I mean, at least five of the guys on this final roster, in quotation marks, will drop out. Yeah, and then new guy. I'm sure there's like even guys like if the roster didn't change, they're still gonna add guys. I'm sure. And then yeah, obviously the replacement guy. It's look really this is this was an hour for Sam Howell. That's all it was. And I mean, kind of worth it. I mean, that's better <laughs> than what they've given us in the past. Um, yeah, that's true. This this is the most interesting group of quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl I can remember uh, between. The addition of Sam Howell to an already very interesting group with Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, and Bailey Zappi. That's six of the top eight quarterbacks in this class, um, for my money. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's not a clear pecking order, and this is going to be kind of, I think, the spot for a lot of teams to break these guys up a little bit. Outside of Bailey Zappi, I, I think you can argue almost any of those guys as a, in your top three. Yeah, right? no, I mean, I think I think lots of people would have a different order on all of them. I think I think I agree, and but Bailey Zappi should be in every top three. No, yes, Bailey Zappi is my 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 king. Um, but yeah, outside of Matt Corral, who's obviously not going to be there, yeah, I think you can argue five of the six quarterbacks here for your top three quarterbacks in the class and we generally see three quarterbacks sometimes more end up in the first round this is not a good class this is not a class i'm taking a quarterback in but someone's going to do it probably at least two teams will do it and 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 probably a lot to do with how they look in mobile this is a very very important senior bowl for those quarterbacks it's gonna be fascinating it's gonna be fun to watch like you just said the class isn't good so it's we've had more talented groups i think but i don't think we've had a more interesting and more more actually important group for, to see where guys go than we do uh, this year. Remember last year it was just Mac Jones and everyone else. And Mac Jones wasn't even that good. He was like, okay, well, he's clearly the best quarterback there, but he wasn't that good. Well, um, yeah, two, two years ago it was Justin Herbert, and he was so much better than yeah. everyone else. It yeah. like, almost made him less interesting. Yeah, no, exactly. But this year it should be fascinating. And uh, I don't know. I, 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 do you want to put – who do you think comes out on top? Like who do you think – after that week in Mobile, I'm not going to say who, who's the first quarterback taken because it might be irregardless of, of Mobile, but who do you think comes out looking the best after that week? I think Malik Willis will... Just because of the pure just talent. P- pure talent, build. There's like there's just so much more in my mind going for what Malik Willis can bring to a, a, a setting like that. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I, th- I think... Bailey Zappi does the most for himself there. I agree. I, I, I agree with you. No, I, I, swear I truly to God. believe that. Like, Bailey Zappi's going to end up fourth round at the latest. I'll say it. 
I love um, it. No, I, I agree with you. I think I totally agree that Zappy does the most for himself there because <laughs> of these other guys. I mean, obviously, a lot of them are, are – some of them are already – like, Pickett's obviously a first-round pick. Um, shouldn't be, but he will be. Um, the only quarterbacks in this class I really firmly believe right now will end up in the first round are, are uh, Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral. And, like, I wouldn't do it. Would it shock you if Corral's not a first-round pick? I mean – No. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because, like, I mean, because the class, he will be – but like in, in many years he wouldn't be like he uh, like I don't think I'm I'm gonna come out of finishing when we get to our quarterback show uh, in a couple I don't know a couple of weeks now really um, I don't think I'll have a first round grade this is a bad class in general but yeah. the quarterback class is just kind of day two and day three guys being propped up for yeah the most part exactly but it's gonna be fun to uh, separate them in mobile good work Jim it's, it's, it's almost more fun. This is almost more fun quarterback class because it's not good. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, and, and it's awesome that we got them all there. No, it's great. Um, okay, so last week we were supposed to do our Bowl Week 2 show, which uh, covered all the bowls between the Frisco Football Classic, which was thrown together three weeks before the game, <laughs> and, and, the, and the Las Vegas Bowl. Um, I got sick, so we didn't do it. Uh, so we're going to bang out Bowl Week 2 tonight, uh, and we'll then cover... Every bowl after the Las Vegas bowl up to the championship game tomorrow. Is that right, AJ? Uh, yes. Yeah. We're going to preview the championship game and then recap the rest of them. Sounds good. Um, so last week, I started the show by talking about the best mascot I saw, and it was Jimmy Camel, obviously, at the yeah. Jimmy Camel LA Bowl. Well, this week, I, I'd be remiss not to mention Prince Chedward at the Cheez It Bowl. Okay. Pound for pound, who are you taking, Prince Chedward or Jimmy Camel? Prince Chedward's royalty. Amen. Amen. Jimmy Jimmy Camel ran, ran a race and threw up. You can argue that Jimmy Camel is L.A. royalty, though. Prince Chedward wouldn't bother running the race because he's too much self-respect. <laughs> I, I'm taking Chedward too. I, I'm just I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Every bull should have an individual mascot. We have Spuddy at the uh, famous Idaho mm-hmm. Potato Bowl, but more like. I want to know what what would the mascot of of the Alamo Bowl look like? Would it would it be Davy Crockett? I was I about to say know. it should be Davy Crockett. Yeah, <laughs> like that'd be amazing. I want to see like the the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl mascot. <laughs> okay, um, have fun with that one. Splody. Um, also, can we mention the Fenway Bowl has been canceled two years in a row? I know that's for the next show, the Fenway Bowl, technically, but it's just been it's never happened. It's going to happen, and it's going to be glorious. Don't worry. Are they going to dump Wasabi on the winning head coach? <laughs> the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. I saw a commercial for Wasabi during one of these bowls, and it's like a, a cloud storage company. I don't even know. Yeah, but, I mean, lean into it, Wasabi. I think uh, I think they should dump Wasabi off the Green Monster. It's, like, perfect. I like that. Okay. Uh, let's really get into it now. Uh, let's start with Best Freshman, where I did, I did a little bit of cheating. Oh, here uh, we go. Because, I don't know, half the guys are technically freshmen, even if they're sophomore. But uh, I will start with a true, true freshman. The youngest player in the country, perhaps. Yeah. Wisconsin running back Braylon Allen looks like he could play in the NFL today, and he's 17. He's listed like 6'2", 238 or something. Yeah, 6'2", 238. Which is ran for, a, ran for 159 against Arizona State, and it wasn't like he had one massive run. It was just like... St- Chunk run after chunk run. No one can bring him down first contact. He looked like 
maybe he was the best offensive player in that game. I know there was a, a couple opt-outs for Arizona State, but mm-hmm. he it, the fact that they keep like they not that like he, both Allen and Jonathan Taylor were in-state guys. They're both four stars, but they were lower four stars in-state guys who end up at Wisconsin. And are both just freaks of nature. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's the best running back in the NFL right now. Braylon Allen, just, I don't know how He's, anyone saw yeah. a running back of his size and his athleticism, and he didn't end up at Alabama or Ohio State. I think they Texas. just respect Wisconsin too much to do it to them, you know? Like, incredible. But I will say this I, I looked into it. He reclassified. So that's why he's 17. But the other thing too is I I don't believe he played last year because of COVID. Like in high, like his high school didn't play, and that's why he reclassified was because he wasn't sure if they play this year. And so I wonder if that's kind of how he for Snuck a six under two the radar. Yeah. yeah, like I know he's a four star, but yeah, he did sneak under the radar. Really, like he he ran for six hundred yards as a sophomore and a thousand. Oh, I guess he no. He did play last year. Okay. He ran for a thousand yards in seven games, and then reclassified and joined the class. But he he's a freak of nature, and he looks so good in that number zero. Um, Braylon Allen is next year. It's going to be Bijan Robinson, and the year after, it's going to be Braylon Allen for the freak show running back award. People can't tackle him, and he's not even an adult yet. Like that. Yeah, like it. <laughs> Um, it, it's funny too. As good as Trevion Henderson has been at Ohio State this year, like I think you you watch those two and you're far more enamored with Braylon Allen. Yeah, well, I mean, because he's fucking he's huge and he looks. It, it's it's insane that it's like like you know, <laughs> for anyone uh, of these freshmen to be 17, you wouldn't think it was him. You know what I mean? Like it's it's pretty fucked. He's he's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know what else is ridiculous, Rob? Who? Caleb Williams. Uh, what might be his last game at Oklahoma. He, he looked great. Uh, he had that, what, 65-yard fucking dime, just pure air yard downfield, which was a fucking beautiful throw for the touchdown. Should look too easy out there for him. Um, I mean, I know Dylan Gabriel's going in, into OU. I don't know what the fuck's yeah. going to happen with Caleb Williams. That's, that's, that's fascinating so, stuff. So, so I, I, I was thinking about this. I know the door was left open for Caleb Williams yeah. to potentially return, but obviously with Dylan Gabriel immediately on the first day of classes at UCLA, yeah, committed, flipping his commitment to Oklahoma, it, it feels Caleb Williams is gone. Is Caleb Williams the most high-profile player to enter the portal? Because at times last year he was mentioned as a Heisman candidate as a true freshman. Three years of eligibility, you're getting at least two years out of him. Yeah, I know just Justin Fields is kind of the argument, but we never saw Justin Fields in an extended period at Georgia. Yeah. Um, no, I think Caleb Boone's a bigger deal than Justin Fields was at the point in time, you know. Because it basically any school who ends up with Caleb Williams, instant championship contender, instant Heisman candidate, um, and if it ends up being USC, like the hype next year between Lincoln and Caleb Williams is gonna be insane. Yeah, maybe they'll sell it like I don't know, sixty percent of the stadium. Um, yeah, no, it's. Do you think it's USC? It seems like it's going to be USC, right? I can't imagine it's like if he's entering the portal after the bowl game in this way, and Oklahoma immediately found a replacement in Dylan Gabriel. I can't imagine that it's not USC. 
It just things align too quickly for that not to be the case. Yeah, I totally agree. Imagine he does go back and like Gabriel just kind of like gets, gets fucked. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, but he he was terrific as he always is, and that's gonna be so exciting to see where he lands. Uh, um, I'm gonna put Tank Bigsby in this category. I know he's technically I had him in a second sophomore. year. Yeah, okay, okay. I just I, I had too many for or sophomore. So, uh, but I mean Bigsby kind of slid under the radar this year because Brian Harson did a bad job at Auburn and they lost to Houston in the bowl game. Um, but he, I mean, he was carrying the offense and it, it, he was, it feels like he, he didn't get enough touches throughout the season. He wasn't talked about enough through the season and they, they did save him from entering the portal and leaving. Yeah. What a, back next year. what a swoon and, for, for Auburn there. And, and they better, feature him like this especially in the passing game because that's something they hadn't really done a ton a ton of they have five for 68 through the air plus 96 on the ground he was their whole offense uh against a good houston defense that was missing their two best players yeah it looked it looked too easy at times for tank bigsby i'm like okay auburn's just gonna win this game on his back um and yeah that the, the like just you know dumping the ball off to him and getting him in space it wasn't like they're doing anything fa- fancy in the passing game right just dump off him in space, and they could not get him down. And, yeah, had almost like over 150 total yards, only like 21 touches. Um, I think what you saw there is the recipe. And I think it was smart for, for for the Auburn staff to just get him involved like this and, you know, reinvigorate him coming back for his, his third year um, in Auburn. Um, I'll, I'll give you two more quickly. Tareeb Still, who's become one of my favorite random corners in the country at Maryland who had a 92-yard punt return against for a touchdown against Virginia Tech. I, I've watched Maryland earlier in the year, and he's feisty as hell. And I, I believe he was kind of a high-end four-star, one of Mike Loxley's steals of the DMV. Like the, he's going to be... Like the easiest punt return touchdown. I, I wrote yes. him down, too. Easiest punt return touchdown I've ever seen, but he's fast. But he was he's flashing in the secondary, too. Like yeah, He had that really yeah. nice PBU. No, he, he had yeah. a really good game. And South Carolina's out-of-the-blue Duke's Mayo Bowl stud. Jaheim Bell, who they're playing at wide receiver. They list at tight end. Mm-hmm. He's a bigger body receiver. He's, he's listed at 6'3", 230. He's kind of this tweener. But in this game, they're featuring him as the go-to pass catcher. Had 159 yards, two touchdowns, plus three carries for 21 yards. It was two, it was like two 60-yard bombs from Takiri on Joyner and mm-hmm. Zeb Nolan. Um, and I don't know. Is Bell the next uh, Alshon Jeffrey? Yep, yep, and Spencer Rattler is the next Garcia. Um, <laughs> South Carolina's winning the SEC next year is what you just said, right? Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you one more fraction. <laughs> just uh, for the other running back in the in the Auburn. Oh, oh, oh my God, Houston game. They're uh, Houston's freshman, uh, Ultimate Caskill. They're they're hyping him up quite a bit. He's like an upright runner, good size, six one two ten, good speed. Uh, had seventy eight yards on the ground and and fifteen yards in a touchdown through the air. Interesting guy. They called him Eric Dickerson on the Broncos because, of course, they would. Um, but, but no, bigger dude with good size and upright. Yes, he's Eric Dickerson. But no, interesting dude. They didn't, you know, they didn't feed him or feature him because it was it was a Clayton Toon show. But interesting dude to to watch uh, next year as a sophomore. Um, jumping to sophomores, uh, I'll, I'll give you three Mac players really quick. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Miami of Ohio quarterback Brett Gabbert. Put the Red Hawks on his back, carried them to a victory in the newly formed Frisco Football Classic. Over it was a Texas. classic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brett Gabbert, he's got bloodlines. Uh, but more seriously, Western Michigan's yes. 
uh, Sean Tyler, who, along with a 100-yard kick return touchdown against a depleted Nevada team, was just picking up everything on the ground. Ran for 146, a smaller back, compact, but yeah. very explosive straight line speed. Um, he's had a couple big games this past year. They I didn't even mention at the top of the show, Caleb Ellaby declaring. I'm now realizing that. Um, but Sean Tyler should be the focal point of the Western Michigan offense next year. Uh, he was incredible. And on the other side of the ball against mm-hmm. Nevada, Braden Fisk could not be blocked. He's awesome. He's awesome, and he, uh, he'll he inherit the, the title of Seven Rounds in Heaven's favorite <laughs> Maction player from teammate Ralph Hawley. Well built. Like, 6'5", 300, too, at sack, yeah. five tackles. It, it felt like between the three of them, and I don't want to spoil it later, but between the three of the, the guys on the front there, they were in the back. All three of them were in the backfield every single snap, I'm pretty sure. It was, it was ridiculous. Nevada was in a, a rough spot. I um, respect that they played that bowl game, but. Tough. Yeah, for real. Um, I'm, I'm going to go back to Houston. Go Cougs. I love them. How about their receiver, Nathaniel Dell, who who went off against Auburn, 10 catches, a buck 50. Small dude, 5'10", 155. He's that shifty slot type. Uh, really productive. Looked really good. Chris Barouts. I, I, I thought he was a lot say, of fun. Yeah. I, I put him um, for best prospect versus prospect matchup. Okay. Because he is a redshirt sophomore. He is, yes, he's not declaring. Yeah. But he, yeah, he was dynamic against an Auburn secondary that, though Roger McCreary wasn't playing, Smoke Monday was out there before he got ejected. Murdering for people, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every quarter, Smoke Monday was being reviewed for targeting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Dell was doing that to an SEC secondary that was truly only missing McCreary. one stud. The best player, of course. I thought yeah, I, I thought funny enough Monday wasn't even that bad. Other than he kept lighting dudes up, he was I thought he wasn't that bad. Anyways, go on. Uh, no, I just thought Dell's been fantastic. He, yeah, you're right. He's tiny, but he's so dynamic. He's good. No, he can play. Um, and then just sticking in the receiver room, Jordan Addison, even even yes. without Kenny yeah. Pickett, he like they did lose to Michigan State, but he he put up 114 plus out of 28 yard run. He is. Very thin, but he plays so much bigger, more physical than he than he is built. Um, he's gonna be a, a fun one next year. Obviously, he won the Bulletnikov as a true sophomore. Had a hundred catches, but it feels like a guy who will be slept on potentially uh, in the class. I think he's a guy I'd love to see transfer. I don't want. I'm not gonna put anything out there. I just. I think it'd be a lot of fun to see him transfer. Are you saying he's running from Kanata Mumpfield, the Akron transfer who just came to pit with Caden Slovis? <laughs> yeah, slow. I, I'd run from Slovis, but anyways, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go uh, another small school guy. Uh, Georgia State's Jameel Muhammad, the edge, who's 6'2", 230, so a bit undersized. But I, I kept, kept my eye on him because he he's kept going. flashing. Yeah, explosive quickness, uh, nasty get-off. I thought he was just timing the snap perfectly every time. He was he was hell to block. He got two sacks. I, I, really interesting dude there. I thought Georgia State was one of the like of this week a team that came away like impressed overall. And I'm gonna name some more later. Um, okay, I'm I'm done on sophomores. Are you? Yeah, yeah, let's move on. The weekday warrior word. There's two choices. Okay. Decurion Joiner. Sure. Quarterback receiver for South Carolina mm-hmm. who. Hadn't really he, – he came to Carolina as a quarterback, never really um, entered the fold there. Moved to receiver the last two years or so. W- was a, a depth piece 
well, should have been starting at quarterback the whole time. Yeah, without much at quarterback this year, uh, for this bowl game, they just kind of let him play, do a ton of wildcat, but a more aggressive passing wildcat than we've really seen from anyone. And he goes 9 for 9 for 160 yards and a touchdown, plus runs for 64 yards. And then, like, breaks down in celebration after the game. It was just a really cool moment. And I'm hoping next year they, they find a real role for him. Uh, alongside Jaheim Bell, Spencer Rattler, and Austin Stogner. Why was Nolan starting over him? Because uh, he's the grad assistant. It's a good story. Like, I don't know why they, they thought whatever Zeb Nolan was doing would be better than this, you know. I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm sure it wouldn't be sustainable, you know, the 9-for-9 nine nine downfield electric passing. But but still, like, better than what he was doing. Anyways, uh, who's your who's your other one? Daniel Falale, who ran for a touchdown against Western West Virginia, I gave a him six nine three hundred and eighty pound tackle. I considered it, but I ended up giving him best offensive prospect. I think he deserved it. He was he was fantastic. I have someone else there. Uh, so if I may, uh, okay, I'll save it. I'll save it. My two, I'm going to go back to Western Michigan and give it to Ralph Hawley and and Ali Fayad, who I said all three of them were just with, with Fisky or Fisk. They were just funny. Re- what? I gave Ralph Hawley best defensive prospect. Ah, uh, he deserved it. He was amazing. Uh, Hawley specifically, just wrecking shit. Four tackles, half a sack. Fayad had a, had a sack and a half. Both two TFLs. Um, had that. I, I don't know if it was. I guess yeah, it was a TFL on the quarterback. They, they just he just wrecked the right tackle. Made it look so easy. Um, just ruined him. And then also had that, had a sack called back with that really soft face mask call too. And him him Fayad and Fisk were just masterful in the backfield every single snap. And like you said. Tough situation for the Wolfpack, but they had the tallest quarterback in the history of college football, so they're winning anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, so, and Fayad was awesome. I feel like Fayad could have been a guy that made me look stupid because I, I really wasn't into him, and we watched him, like I think, the last two summers and yeah. came out and had a really, really great year for uh, for Western Michigan. Um, just to I, – I guess let, let, let's dive into Daniel Falale. Yeah. And we'll, we'll jump to Ralph Hawley now. Okay. Uh, so Falale was – just dominant in that game. So dominant, he scored a touchdown. He's headed to the Senior Bowl. He's a 6'9", 380-pound Australian right tackle with absurd movement skills for a man of that size. Where do where do you think his stock is right now, coming off a dominant performance against West Virginia? Uh, day two, right now. Okay, because I... Uh, this is called a plug, AJ. I've mentioned it already, but my newsletter, I haven't gone in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised, like, at all, especially with the size. You know, we, we've – th- this is going to sound weird, but I think Jordan Mailata being very productive in a worse – you know, in a weirder situation, it gives him a bump too, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, that, like, like you know, it wasn't just that they gave him the ball and he scored. The first time they lined up on at fullback, the, the play before – West Virginia saw it and called the timeout, which was awesome. And then they did, Minnesota and PJ just did not give a fuck. They did it again. They went to get, they gave it to him, and he he, he wasn't going to get stopped. And, and then they ran a cool two point conversion where the holder got to score. Yeah, it was sick. The, the Minnesota was on one. It was fun. Um, and yeah, like you said, at, at actually playing right tackle, like you said, he kicked ass. He had a really really nice game. Uh, constantly just moving West Virginia dudes. The, I'm sure three Stills brothers in the wrong game. Uh, looked really good in pass pro, and it was just a, what a way to end his career. I, I can't wait to see him in Mobile. I, I think coming out of that week, like it's an important week for him. Um, coming out of that week, he, I, I think I'm going with your newsletter plug. What's it called, Rob? 
the armchair scout. <laughs> going with the armchair scout, I think um, I think he's going to push himself into the first round. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, uh, it's just the NFL loves height, weight, speed freaks. Yeah, and he's yes, he is raw, but yeah, I think the Jordan Mulata point's a really good point. Seeing how quickly he's put it together, Fale has a deeper football history. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And just he's going to test off the charts. I think he's going to have a great senior bowl week. I mean, could he go, like, could he hop Trevor Penning? We'll find out in Mobile. I'm excited. I, yeah. I'm very excited. And just jumping over to Ralph Hawley, I picked him as my best defensive prospect. There was two guys I was debating between. But I, I chose him because I think he had, there was multiple plays where, because of his penetration, other guys were getting yeah. sacks. Yeah, other I know. guys were creating havoc. He was the best amongst the three, and all three of the guys had good games. And it's really interesting because we, we've <laughs> the Mac, but we've been on the Holly train forever. I truly believed he was going to end up at the Senior Bowl. Okay, he didn't. Must be going to that East-West Shrine game. He's not even going there. Where's he going, AJ? I think it's the College Gridiron Showcase. Yeah, which is like... Below the NFL PA Bowl, like the equivalent to the Hula Bowl, I yeah, think? yeah, I think I don't know. Like the, it's, just, it's it's very different this year, but yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. So it's just really shocking to see a guy who was I know it was at Western Michigan, but it's not like they're a nothing school. They put top like Corey Davis was top five pick. Yeah, Ralph Hawley has been extremely productive for the last four years. He had sixteen and a half tackles for loss, six sacks this year. I know he's an undersized three tech, but. With, with what we've seen, the, the NFL's kind of gotten past the idea of being scared off of undersized three-techs thanks to guys like Aaron Donald and Grady Jarrett, and he's not to that level, no. But Ralph Hawley's a guy I, I would be banging the table for in the on day three. If Sam Beal can be a third-round supplemental pick, Ralph <laughs> Hawley can get to the, to, to the Shrine game at least. You know what I mean? Like, come on now. Yeah, like his, his, his get-off... His initial quickness, his ability to use his lack of size to leverage people, his, like they play him all over that front. I don't know. I just believe Ralph Hawley's a draftable player. I do too. I, I don't think this is us seeing like looking for something that's not there either. Like, watch a Western Michigan game. He flat like he he's the best player on the field. Yeah. Okay. Who's your best offensive prospect? I told you, Dan- Daniel Ives. Right. So mine's Ryan O'Keefe, the the Central Florida yes, receiver. Very fair. Yep. Who helped take down an SEC team in a meaningful bowl game that they cared about? Um, yep. Monster. He, he, he was like he was the possession receiver for them, but he was also their dynamic jet sweep man. He had a big kick return too. Uh, he ended up with 110 rushing yards, 85 receiving yards, and that big time touchdown grab, plus 56 kick return yards. Undersized guy who's a junior, uh, but after the game, I mean. Gus Malzahn waxed poetic about him. And Gus Malzahn said, Rhino, I think he, he said something to the effect of Rhino keeps one of the best or most dynamic players of the country. And, and Malzahn, I mean, he's coached at the highest levels. He's, he's won championships as SEC offensive coordinator. Like, he knows NFL talent. I'm, I'm telling you, Rhino keeps a guy to watch for next year. 100% agree. Uh, yeah. But to see what he did to a Florida defense, that was, yeah, it was a little bit depleted. But they still had multiple NFL players playing on that defense Elam was that game. Elam was out there chasing him down. He, Elam was out there. Brendan Cox was out there. Those two guys are getting drafted. Uh, and, and a bunch of higher recruits than uh, O'Keefe. So. Yeah, Elam was actually the one to catch him on that like 74-yard uh, run on the reverse where he just kind of like – he got caught, but it kept his feet, kept going on the sideline, and then Elam finally caught him. 
Then yeah, on that the, the fifty-four yard touchdown just stacked the DB. It was too much explosive as hell. No, I, I totally agree. Uh, O'Keefe was awesome. Uh, yeah, there, there's something special there. I, I very much agree with you. Um, I'm going to stay on the East Coast for my defensive prospect. I, I didn't have a clear-cut guy. I should have just picked Holly, but I gave him a weekday warrior. I thought he deserved it. Um, so I'm going to go with Mario Goodrich, the other Clemson corner, who who had a fantastic game. Um, obviously, had I had the pick six off the play of the year, I'm going to call it. The pretty bad, the double bat. <laughs> which I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Um, and then sealed the game with the, with the forced fumble where Purdy had the first down. Uh, he just flew in. Great cutting across the face of a block. Uh, knocked the ball out. Ball went behind the first down, and Purdy, um, Purdy got back on top. But they, they lost the game. And then I just thought, like, lockdown and coverage uh, throughout the game on top of that. And to give you another <laughs> a random Seahawk, same position, same school comp, Byron Maxwell, anyone? Love it. <laughs> he was good. Um, very good. And he's been under the radar and he's been good all year. Yeah. Going, guy. Shooting up, going up to shooting up the board, uh, my number one is Leo Chennault, the Wisconsin mm-hmm. linebacker, mm-hmm. who was everywhere against Arizona State, uh, had a sack, had nine tackles. He's listed at 255 and he moves a, like a lot smaller linebacker. He yeah. is very, I think, explosive downhill, but also has sideline to sideline speed. Doesn't look unathletic dropping in coverage. He's a guy who's kind of blown up late in the process here. He just declared. Um, his brother's the fullback. Um, <laughs> I, I think that he, he'll he be a guy who's getting, like, day two talk. Already there. Yeah, it's already there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, he seems like he'll be a really, top guy. Yeah. Really good linebacker class. And if he, if he carries that weight, like, if he's actually 255 and runs as fast as he looked, as his play speed is, people are going to be loving him. And he's just so physical. Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally agree. Uh, great game. I'm going to start back in Minnesota and give you two guys on the defensive line. I thought Boy Mafe had maybe his yeah. flashiest game of the year. I'm not, I wasn't sitting down watching all the Gopher game. He was great. Had that sack that was nearly a safety. Uh, just solid in the run even. Had that had that like perfect stack and shit at the goal line where he made the tackle to stop him short. Um, great game for him to, to, to finish his career and go into the draft process. process. And uh, also his, his his running mate there, uh, Asezi Otumwamu, I have no idea if I said that right, the IDL, 6'6", 285, caused hell all day long, had two sacks of his own, uh, was a force. And those two together, and then <laughs> big Danny F on the, on the front, on the, on the offensive front, just way too much for the Mountaineers. And I thought both of them were fantastic. Um... I will go back to the Florida Central Florida game where Brenton Cox was mm-hmm. kind of unblockable and looked like he was playing up to the potential a lot of people saw in him when he transferred to Florida from Georgia. Um, he's 6'4", 253, twitched up, and he, he had like a solid year for the Gators, but the Gators as a whole were bad. He had a couple flashy games, but this his last two games, he had to combine eight TFLs and five sacks between Florida State and Central Florida. He's at his best... In the state of Florida, um, but just the the combination of hand speed, get off, and like he was just getting under everybody. Yeah, he was. Um, Central Florida had, had no chance blocking him, and that's why the misdirection with Ryan O'Keefe was so important. Was was to kind of keep Cox off the quarterback. Um, he's gonna be a guy who I think tests really well, 
and, and potentially is a, is a guy someone bets on earlier than we expect. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. He, he had a like he had a huge game. You're totally right. Uh, I am going to go to the Valero Alamo Bowl, uh, probably the high pro, the highest profile game we, we've got. Like the Peach, but who cares? Uh, <laughs> it's just actual matchup, and I'm going to go with both running backs. Kennedy Brooks, masterful, masterful performance uh, to end his Oklahoma career. Had 142 yards on the ground, like over 10 yards per carry. Three touchdowns, catching the ball too. Just patience and vision on full display. It was great. You knew if there was like the littlest hole, he was just going to find it and and score more often than not. Really impressive. I, I love to see that from Kennedy Brooks. I, I like Kennedy Brooks a lot. Um, that that's just like RB two. Bring him in. You you're solid there, quality. But also like he looked more explosive than I usually give him credit for too. Yeah, Break, breaking you, some big runs, outrunning that Oregon defense, like that was really, really impressive. Really moving well for a guy who's listed at two fifteen. Yeah, I like Kennedy Brooks. That that's that was a very impressive. Ken, that's yeah. Kennedy Brooks kind of has a bit of that Elijah Mitchell type. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He's gonna go mid to late day three. Should be really good. One injury away from being a starting running back. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, I, I think he's like the, as safe as you can be um, for a day three back in this draft right now. Um, you bring him in, and you got no, you got no doubts. Flip side, I thought Travis Dye was great too for for Oregon. Eighteen carries, one hundred fifty three yards, a touchdown. He's just a little missile. I love Travis Dye. His touchdown just came straight up the gut. He hits full speed fast, and he goes. But also, I what, my, probably my favorite play he made. Um, had a great, great, great blitz pickup. It was actually on that weird deep pass that the wide receiver just decided not to catch. Anthony Brown had a good game, but anyways, and he just put the blitzer on his ass. It was great. I love to see that. Um, I like Travis Dye. Travis Dye's fun. I was fun watching these two backs go at it, but uh, I, I he 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 can go back to Oregon. He probably won't come out. But Brooks finishing his OU career there like that is is phenomenal. Travis Dye, Philip Lindsay esque. Yep, um, that's a good comp. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. Uh, I will hit up the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and this guy's already announced he's going back to school. But I, I did want to mention Zach Pickens who I thought was giving North Carolina's offensive line a lot of trouble with his combo of uh, quickness and leverage. He didn't have a big, big year, but he was a big recruit. And we saw a different South Carolina defensive tackle who was a big recruit go back for his senior year, blow up, get himself drafted in the Mm -hmm. first round. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, things are just trending in a good direction for Zach Pickens. Uh, Two more trench players from uh, the Mississippi State-Texas Tech Leach Bowl. Uh, both on the Texas Tech side. Dawson Deaton had a really good game at center for Tech. Um, their whole offensive line just bullied Mississippi State's defense. They ran for 260. Yeah, He's an interesting center because he's so tall. Um, and then on the other side, Texas A&M transfer Tyree Wilson. Mississippi State just could not block him without Charles Cross out there. He's 6'6", 275. He, he, I don't think, will declare. But he had a massive year at Texas Tech this year. Uh, and a name to watch next year. All right, I'm ready to jump to the bowl game that we're talking about, the Music City Bowl, and just yeah. just give some credit to these pass catchers. Uh, Velis Jones, awesome way to, to roll into Mobile. Ten catches, 85 yards, a touchdown. Uh, was terrific. This was a fucking electric game. If it wasn't for the Rose Bowl, this would be the game. <laughs> and also his running mate, Cedric Tillman, uh, 150 yards, so more than him, three touchdowns, was awesome. And flip side, for, for, for Purdue, 
a couple dudes there. But uh, Payne Durham, the tight end, who just had the, the <laughs> that touchdown where they thought they had him out. I don't know what the fuck happened. And he just kept going and going, and then they tried to rip the ball out. And he looked good. Big dude can move. Uh, I thought all three of them were, were fantastic. And uh, they they were all really – like that, that that game was so good. And Brock Thompson was really the – the highlight there too for for the for the Boilermakers. Yeah, you meant you mentioned a couple different guys uh, who have who have got but uh, for different categories. But I've yeah. got Hendon Hooker here, and I know he's going back to Tennessee. I had him somewhere else too. Yeah, he, yeah, he's going to be one of the top senior quarterbacks in the country next year. He uh, kind of out of nowhere t- he took the job from Joe yeah. Milton, and yeah. he didn't look back. Became one of the most efficient and dynamic passers in the country. Hendon Hooker has the size and the arm of an NFL quarterback. So. Yep. Just remember, remember, folks, this is a guy to watch for 2023. Like, he seems like he'll be, like, one of the senior bowl guys. Like, he's good, got yeah. a good chance at that. Uh, yeah. Last name I want to mention is just purely for my heart. You know who it's going to be? Devontae Lee, the Nevada running back who is 5'9", by 235 yeah. pounds. Might be bigger than that. Uh, he's just shooting off the boards of my heart. Had a, had a touch on 85 yards. I don't know why they've not given him the ball more. So I like to fight. There's something there. He's a bowling ball, man. He's he's great. He's a six nine quarterback. That's why. That's pretty sick to have a six nine quarterback and a five nine running back. Like that's that's an ideal combo in in my opinion. Okay, a couple sliding down the boards. Um, I'll start with Sam Howell. Me too. Yeah, that's my top guy. Just specifically because he declared and is now at the Senior Bowl. He he had a pretty mad performance. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't good against South Carolina in the Mayo Bowl. Um, Dakari and Joyner outplayed him. He had a, <laughs> just a weird year overall after losing so much talent around him. They relied so much on his legs this year. Yeah. And even against Seth Carolina, he didn't do much of that. I just, I don't see, like, there's still first-round talk with him, and I just don't see, like, I see Baker Mayfield. And not in a good in, way. <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, like there were like there were some nice throws there. Uh, his yards per completion was really nice. He had two hundred five yards on twelve completions. But I don't know. Like I, I needed more from him. Like you like you just said, he didn't deliver, and I felt like this was what it was all year. In such a disappointing year for for the Tar Heels, and yeah, he's missing a lot of talent around him. He's in this game and all year, but like that's not a great excuse, you know. Like he. <laughs> Maybe it's excuse week one, or you know what I mean, or or in, or in just the bowl game. But you can't use it all year. Like yeah, I, that first round talk, I, I don't think is there. I I probably I don't know. Maybe a bit of a reach. Push comes to shove. You taking Howler Zappy right now? What round am I in? Day three, early day three. Zappy. I know, right? I agree with you. <laughs> I love Billy Zappy. All record breaking quarterback. Uh, I don't have too many sliding down the board, guys. I think he was a clear-cut number one. Oh, can I just mention Jeremiah Gamel, same game? Yeah, go ahead. Just because he, he, he's a, a guy who's going to the Senior Bowl. He's a guy Jim Nagy says has the best instincts in the country. and I just didn't think he looked all fit, that good against South Carolina. South Carolina just ran the ball down their throats, yeah, and he yeah. was kind of just blocked up for most of the game. I think he was stacking like bad games together down the stretch, too. Yeah. Not good. Um. I'm going to go with the guy that, that didn't have, like, many or any bad games this year, but I didn't like him in the, in the Alma Bowl. Uh, Roe McKinley, I just thought he was not there. Just didn't make plays like he normally does. That passing, that downfield passing attack for Oklahoma was there all day. I think he got, had, like, one tackle, and that's a guy that, you know, found the ball a lot this year. And uh, him just, just not making plays. Tough spot, of course, but, but still, I didn't like to see that. Um, I'll go with uh, a guy who I saw some big hype for. 
um, Arizona State left tackle Kellen Deesh, who the Wisconsin front seven just bullied the hell out of that Arizona State offensive line. Like, Arizona State could not run the ball. Yeah. I know they were down to their third back. They could not protect Jaden Daniels. Uh, and, and Deesh is kind of the – him and Donovan West are kind of like the, the guys who had the talk. And uh, he he just didn't look like he had the athletic chops to hang with Wisconsin's homegrown talent. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll give you one more. Before Ralph Hawley, there was Don Peterson for us. And Don Peterson has played against him this week. And I, he just he just didn't do anything against against the Broncos. And Don Peterson awesome. peaked in 2019. Don't blame him. Correct, correct. Um, <laughs> can I give you one more random one here? Um, actually, I'll give you two more random ones. Uh, Greg Eisworth, who yeah, is, yeah, it's still a name, but he sucks. I don't know. Obviously, that super, super, super dumb penalty for the late hit on the sideline there. That was that was done. I don't know, man. He 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 can't cover it. I don't know. <laughs> He's the only player in like history to be like a three, three five time Big Twelve or something. That's fucking sick. He's a king. He's a king. Don't get me wrong. He's just he's just not good. Um, Maryland tight end Chigozimi Okonkwo. Just have very little impact mm-hmm. against Virginia Tech, and he was a guy who I was particularly excited to watch in the bowl game because he, he's headed to the Senior Bowl. I, I hadn't seen much of him, and um, th- they just kind of like hit him a couple times in the flats, and he didn't do anything. He just kind of tipped over. I just I, I don't know. In a, a deep tight end class, there's yeah. some other tight ends I kind of wish were at the Senior Bowl over him. And um, good good group there, Mobley. He's he's last in show there, I think. No offense to him. Ooh. Ooh. They just giving him the label. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but Bates uh, was my lesson show last year, and I was so wrong. So Yeah, it's true. It's true. He, it's he actually a, a good thing to be this. Yeah. Um, yep. Miami of Ohio's edge wide receiver turned edge, Dominique Robinson, who is a guy I was, I was really excited about uh, when they announced him for the Senior Bowl. I've seen the hype go off the charts for him uh, in, in recent weeks. And so I was like ready for him to dominate a North Texas, a weird North Texas team that has a 30-year-old quarterback who played for the Yankees. Uh, and he was awfully quiet in that yeah, he game. he was. He was. And their defense played well, but I, I had him with two hurries, and it was, it was more just effort hurries than anything. And you can see the athleticism dripping off him. But I just think he's, like he is so raw still with his hands. And seeing third round talk just kind of shocked me. There were points in the game where like I wasn't sure if he opted out or not because he just didn't have. Yeah. That. And Weather- Weatherford did opt out, so I'm like, oh, dude, he just opt out. No, he was there. He just he just wasn't good. Um, lastly, speaking of someone who isn't good, I, this is I just want to do this nail in the coffin. Last time I'll mention him, Emory Jones does not have it. Okay, it's okay. I I, that's I, it. I put him for being overhyped because before <laughs> the season. Yeah, that's was, he, <laughs> yeah. Emory, em, Emory Jones was talked about as a quarterback PFF. PFF. Yeah, yeah. And like a first round pick, and then was horrible throughout the or bad throughout the season. Not horrible, but was horrible against Central Florida. Like unplayable. I respect that he is in the portal and played the game anyway. Yeah, me too. But I almost, if you're Florida, I would have rather tried to see what the heck's behind them because <laughs> yeah. with Anthony, Anthony Richardson out, I don't know. I'm seeing more Emory Jones wasn't very fun. No, and at the very least. You would think Emory Jones would be fun, you know, but he hasn't been. He really hasn't been. No. Uh, okay. But you know what is fun? Spotify Green Room, the live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. 
It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Like, who will LSU start at quarterback tonight? Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. And be notified when people go live. But make sure to come with your spiciest takes. My spiciest take is that the the most unheralded playmaker in the country plays for Air Force, and his name's Brandon Lewis. And that's my out-of-nowhere prospect. That's a good one. (laughs) He, uh... The... The, the Air Force came out to set in a throw only, only dynamic passing plays. Uh, he had two massive touchdowns, had 172 yards and two touchdowns against Louisville. Like I knew they were gonna beat Louisville. I just thought they'd beat them. Yeah. Purely triple optioning them to death, and then this little, this little fidgety running back wide receiver type dude comes out of nowhere and just keeps making huge play after huge play. Yeah, he was sick. He was sick. Um, my out of nowhere. For me, like, I'm going to give it to a quarterback because I would not have expected to come away impressed with a quarterback this week. You know what I mean? Like, that's really out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, but Georgia State's Darren Granger. Has, uh, that's my small school guy. I caught my eye. He's yeah. he's good. There's something there, man. He's 6'4", 202. Juco uh, <clears throat> transfer, who le- was originally yeah. at Furman. Which is a powerhouse. Uh, <laughs> legit athlete. He had 122 yards and a touchdown on 11 carries. Like, angle-killing speed had that, like, 50-yard-ish run touchdown. Um, but he was making legit throws. He was making legit throws. Had over 200 yards on 15-19, three touchdowns. Uh, there's something there with Darren Granger. This, yeah. is a, this is a small school quarterback that popped, and I'm excited to see him uh, next year. One more guy who kind of, I don't know, Central Florida DT Cam Good, who was just a penetrating three-tech uh, that Florida could not block, especially in the first half. He had an okay year for Central Florida, but I think he's a guy who's going to blow up next year now after seeing what he was doing against the SEC offensive line. Is Florida an uh, SEC offensive line? Um, Billy Napier in charge, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a good yep, one. Yep, Na- Napier's going to have them the best offensive line in the, in the, in the, in the, in the conference for sure. Uh, and the, the prospect that made me look stupid is more of a year as a whole who, although statistically he had a pretty good year, I thought Ty Chandler was going to be yeah. one of the best senior running backs in the country. That's a good one. And, like, a senior bull guy. And a, a guy who I, I've liked for three years at Tennessee, uh, and he never really had the backfield to himself. He did this year, and he had a good year statistically. It just wasn't the, the best year the year I was hoping for, and he did not do anything against South Carolina. Uh, I'm going to flip this. I'm at the same position, but I'm going to go with a guy – on the other side of the field, who I liked in the summer, uh, didn't have a good year. I gave up on, and then came back and looked great against North Carolina. Their running back, Kevin Harris, who I yeah. liked, like I just said, I completely wrote him off. I picked against him in this game. I felt really good about UNC, and he showed me up. He put he put the state on his back. He was a bell cow. And he he had a season-ending injury late last year. Yeah. So was yeah. it just taking him, like, because he had a big game against Florida, uh, the kind of in the back half of the season. I wonder if it was just him getting healthy again. It's very possible. Yeah, absolutely. I like Cam Harris. Maybe that's a that's a late day three guy to watch, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, prospect versus prospect matchup. I mentioned Dell versus Dahlgren secondary, but I also want to mention Payne versus Payne. Which Payne tight end was better? Georgia State's Aubrey Payne, who had 109 and two touchdowns against Ball State, or Payne Durham, who had 85 yards Two touchdowns, including that wild one you mentioned against Tennessee. That's great. 
Aubrey Payne was my small school guy who caught my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was the go-to guy for Granger. He was great. Um, Athletic catcher, moved really well. I think they're around the same size, too, funny enough. Um, Draft them both. What can I say? Draft them both. Yeah, agreed. Um, (laughs) I'm going back to a guy you mentioned, too. I'm going back to the the best game we got in this week. Hendon Hooker, we already mentioned, versus Aiden O'Connell. Put on a show but between the two of them. Uh, Hooker, b- better of the two, even though with the worst, um, worst yardage because O'Connell just kept getting uh, – Thompson just kept making those crazy plays. Um, three picks for O'Connell. Hendon Hooker, like I said, he's going to be a senior bowl guy. There's something to Aiden O'Connell, though. I th- he's, he's got O'Connell's a little – fun. He's fun. He's got a little something. Do I think he's going to be like a draftable dude? Probably not, but th- there's something to watch with, uh, with he's, O'Connell. He's got a lot of David Blau to him. He's got a lot of David Blau to him. That, that's, that's for sure. Um, I played the box score. I had to go with uh, Connor Hayward, who yeah he had he had the seven yard fake punt run for a first down. He had the extremely athletic touchdown grab over the middle that I didn't think he was capable of. Uh, and he also had that great catch and run that they called him out of bounds, or he wasn't out of bounds. Yeah. Um, but he had thirty seven yards and a touchdown. But he does so much in terms of blocking and being a move piece for them. A smart offensive coordinator is going to take him on day three and turn him into the next Kyle Juszczyk. Wrong. Absolutely incorrect. I got the better version of Connor Hayward for my outplay of the box, or the Hayward of the West, if you will. Uh, Oklahoma's Jeremiah Hall, even less statistics, one carry for three yards, <laughs> two catches for 14 yards. He's that tight end fullback hybrid, 6'2", 248. Had that awesome block on the, one of the touchdown runs where he came down and had to keep chip just to let the run get over the backfield to the outside, then found a second-level guy, I forget who it was, and drove him all the way into the end zone, like 20 yards. It was awesome. Uh, and then he also recovered the, the surprise onside kick. Uh, he is fullback one. I, he's <laughs> he's Dimitri Flowers 2.0. I don't care about Hayward. Give it, give me Jeremiah Hall. I love it. I love it. Uh, my overhyped was Emory Jones. I'm sticking I'm sticking in the same backfield. Damian Pierce, who is like has been like this kind of like – Draft Twitter, hush hush. He's so good. I love him. Don't tell anyone. Who who? I didn't like him that much. I don't know. He's like a solid back. He didn't have a good game against UCF though. Like you said, is that even a uh, SEC offensive line? I don't know. Had four point four yards per carry on fifty seven yards. Had a touchdown. Solid back, I think. Uh, but like, I think there's other sleepery backs that are just as good as him and like in the same vein as him. Um, guys, we've talked about on the show already. I don't know, just like a weird hype that I don't, I don't get. Like I'm not saying he's a bad player, just a weird hype that I don't get. Michael P. Ryan uh, all over again. I'll say it. Okay. Uh, two two transfers who popped on the scene: Brock Thompson. Yeah. For uh, Purdue, who you mentioned already. Yep. And and Jay Sean Jackson, a Cincinnati transfer for Ball State, who with Justin Hall out became the go-to guy for the Cardinals and had 12 for 146 in a in a touchdown. I mean, he's uh he's my next Mac. Queen. There's a lot of talent in the Mac right now. I, I know we could both talk about this for hours, but there's a lot of talent in the Mac. Anyways, um, I wanted to circle back on someone that we've that had the had the hype in the summer uh, as a transfer. We didn't talk too much about. It. I think we pointed him out once or twice early in the year and kind of disappeared. Going back to South Carolina, Jordan Strong, their their edge, the Georgia State transfer actually um, had that big hype, like I just said, and, yeah. and, and, and like down. Not terrible, but then he finished on a high note. Had a nice game again against UNC. Had a, had a sack and a half. So nice finish there. Uh, don't expect him to come out. Go back. Maybe you can build on that. And uh, yeah. Uh, my small school guy was Darren Granger. <laughs> Mine was Aubrey Payne. We just we just flipped him. Right. 
Uh, right. A lot of tight end talent. I just want to say that. There's a lot of tight end talent right now. It's you fun. love to see it. You love to see it. Uh, next show, we'll talk about how Michigan lost. No, we won't. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.